on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, another fine episode with Denver. Good morning. And Marv. Yeah, and Ma- Yeah, you are here. <laughs> yes, and myself, Tony, is not feeling well uh-huh. at all. Tony deals with hypoglycemia, and so please keep her in your prayers and thoughts. Um, James, her beau, uh, had to call the ambulance a couple nights ago, and uh, she had a hypoglycemic attack, and... She's not doing too well this morning. She's not feeling too chipper. We miss you. We miss you, Tony. And Tony, you know what we have in the studio right now? Woo-hoo. Denver brought moon pies. <laughs> moon pies. And you never heard of these moon pies. Um, so we're going to save the box here for you when you come uh, next week. The moon pies, too. Yeah, the moon pies. <laughs> yeah. And, the moon- and it says since 1917. And let me tell you. It tastes like it's been sitting on the shelf but, since 1970. They haven't changed a lot. They haven't changed a lot, no. Um, six single-decker pies, moon pies. They have um, – there's a marshmallow middle, which has seemed to gotten thinner over the years. Um, and then there is a cookie sawdust-type <laughs> – Particle board. Particle board. <laughs> With a waxy chocolate coating, <laughs> and I took two bites of it, and I'm already regretting it. But there's something very nostalgic about a moon pie. It, it was. When I found them, I said, I got to get them. Yeah. I grabbed I looked for a month to get them on the show earlier. We were going to have uh, moon pie and chocolate milk Monday, Monday and uh, then yeah, I couldn't find could, them again. We could have had them during the eclipse. Exactly. Pies, well, that's yeah. that's the time I was looking to get oh. them. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. And then yesterday, I just stumbled across them, and I said, oh, there they are, the lovely moon pie. I must have it. I got it, and ugh. Well, they are um, 
six grams of saturated, no, four grams of saturated fat, um, 180 milligrams of sodium, 39 grams of car, uh, carbohydrates, <laughs> 19 grams of sugar. So, so compared to to most cookies and things like that, this isn't as bad as some of them. Yeah, it's not whipped Crisco anywhere in there. No, no, which really makes it dry. Um, but they are uh, very interesting. If you never have at a moon pie, you owe it to yourself not to have one. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, have one. Take a bite out of it, and then you can say you've had one. Yeah, just don't give it to the pets. Don't give it to the pets. All right. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Um, right away, and I want to. I want to touch on this right away before we go any further. Uh, last night, and this is as taping of this show. So we tape this show at 10 a.m. on Monday mornings. <clears throat> so depending on when you listen to this, these statistics may have changed. Um, but last night at approximately 10 p.m. at a country western concert featuring Jason Aldean, 64-year-old Stephen Paddock, allegedly shot with an automatic weapon into a crowd of over 20,000 people from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. So far, as of this morning, the death toll was 58, possibly 59, and the injured is now counted at 515 and climbing. Over 10 firearms were found in the room that he was in. Uh, he, by the way, then turned on himself and took his own life. Uh, there, there appears to be no connection with any known terrorist groups at this time. Uh, this is the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. Wow. You know, the Ariana Grande concert over in Europe, I think it was in Europe, there was a mass shooting here just um, about a month ago or something like that. Um, I hadn't heard about it. Yeah, there was something about that, too. And uh, so uh, our hearts go out to uh, the friends and families and all the people. I mean, it was when I was watching the news report this morning and watching the people running some people were running towards this wall. It was, only, it was kind of a canyon area, so they couldn't get out, which made it hard for first responders to get in there and right. do what they needed. And there were people trying to climb <clears throat> over a wall. And, you know, the thing that was most impressive is people that didn't even know each other were guarding with their bodies other people so they wouldn't get shot. Right. There was just tons of people doing that. You know, I mean, there was a great group effort to protect each other. and Very, very sad. Very, very sad incident. Uh, you, 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 you wake up to something like this in the morning, you don't know what to say. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's tragic. So, please, uh, folks, um, pray for our world. It's, uh, we're in deep weeds. Amen. We are in deep weeds. And it's nothing a moon pie can fix. No. That's for sure. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so on, on to some uh, uh, some more fun things. You, you heard the soundbite at the beginning of the show. Um, so we're, doing, we're in the middle of our soundbite contest. And uh, last week we had a soundbite, and we played that for you. It's and, been a long week. I almost forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> Did you? I did. Did you forget? <laughs> um, well, I I will um, I will tell you that the winner, uh, the uh, the soundbite was uh, to the um, 
the TV show Three's Company, Three's Company, with John Ritter and Suzanne Summers, and and that and the clue was Mr. Roper, Mr. Roper, who was the landlord in the original, and Jack Tripper, who was played by John Ritter. Played a guy that was to, to to be able to live with these two beautiful girls claimed to be gay, so the landlord, who was very old fashioned, would let him live there because if he was shacking up with the two girls, he wasn't going to let him live there. So he pretended to be gay so he could live there, and that was basically what the sitcom was all about. It was called Three's Company. Um, so Todd, Todd is the winner now. Uh, Todd, Todd H, I believe. So, Todd, uh, you need to send me, you need to email me your mailing address. Uh, ma- uh, email it to take12radio at comcast.net. And Todd uh, wins uh, the DVD, uh, Walking Through the Big Book with Chris Schroeder. 34 one-hour workshops. Maybe on- a moon pie, too. And maybe we'll send him a moon pie. <laughs> I mean, they certainly have lasted since <laughs> Todd, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, Todd. It'd probably um, be okay because I think those are... Uh, about the same Petrifi- thickness. Petrified. Pe- I think they're <laughs> petrified. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Todd was the very first email to come in. We had 42 emails, and Todd was number one. Yay. Well, congratulations, Todd. Yeah, yeah. So, zippity doo da day. It's time to play Guess That Soundbite. Sound That's sound right. Soundbite. So we're going to play the soundbite for this week uh, one more time. And if you guess that soundbite, remember, you also have to send in uh, the soundbite clue, the soundbite clue, which will be mentioned sometime in the show. Uh, so here is the soundbite again for this week. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, evening TV. There you go. There's the soundbite. So send in your guests to take12radio at comcast.net along with the soundbite clue. And send me your mailing address when you do that. Very important. Yeah, very important. So if you are the first email that comes in, uh, then we will announce it next week for the winners. So congratulations again to Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. Uh, there you go. Now, Denver, you were at a recovery event up in Portland. I was. I with, was. With our friend Dave Fleming. Yeah. Um, who is um, a certified... Uh, alcohol and drug counselor uh-huh. that works out at Life Renewal outpatient yes. uh, facility out at the Adult and Teen Challenge Center in Shed, Oregon. And you guys went up there for just to recover just, Oregon. Is that what it was called? Yes, uh, uh, Oregon recovers. Oregon recovers. Yeah, I okay. had to think. If I'd known this, I would have brought some information. But yeah, Oregon recovers. There was over a thousand people. Uh, they had key speakers. There was a lot of obviously people in recovery there. I think, uh, like I said, over a thousand. And then uh, representatives from a lot of different agencies were there, pulled together, and just not just uh, twelve steppers, but no treatment facilities. I, I mean, there was a judge there. There was treatments. There was houses, and they addressed the issues or talked about getting. Uh, issues addressed about uh, available housing and available treatment. The big key thing was getting people into treatment quickly because a lot of folks can't get into treatment fast. 
I mean, they come, right. they're ready, they're ready now, and they say, well, we can get you in in six weeks. Well, six weeks, what are you going to do till now, till then? We already know what most times happen. Right. They're sure. back out using again, and they don't get the help they need, and then they don't, they either don't make it in, period, or they come in in worse shape, or however it comes about. But, yeah, uh, there was legislatures there, uh, people, you know, doing legislation yeah. and, and everything. Yeah. It, was, it was really, really good to see that many people come together and the the whole uh, society as a whole. So there was something that was very moving that I saw pictures of, and I've seen this done before. Tell us about the pile of shoes. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping they'd have photos of – I believe they toured a lot of cities uh, across the United States, like maybe every – Every state they'd stopped in and gathered a shoe, <coughs> excuse me, a shoe, uh, if you've had somebody pass from an addiction, you know, an overdose right. or anything like that, you were to bring a shoe and put their name on it and they piled them at the front of the stage up there. And I don't know how many shoes, but uh, I saw it just continually grow as we were yeah. there, people were coming in. But uh, it was just to make a statement. They're going to pile these somewhere uh, in somebody's office and say, look, these are the people that have passed from addictions. We need to address this. Right. Don't. Right. Uh, we need to get on it. When people have this, they need help now, not tomorrow. Yeah, they certainly do. This is the number one. Addiction is the number one health crisis in our nation. Number one. And Epi- it gets... Epidemic. It's an epidemic, and it, it recovery from it gets the least amount of attention due to stigma. O- Oregon was the worst. I guess we're bottom on the list wow. of, of uh, actually jumping in and getting uh, immediate help right. for people that need recovery. And, you know, even if you can get in right away, then you have – you're battling with insurance companies. It, it's an uphill I, battle constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying so. to get this pass, that pass, what do they call out-of-network – Stuff that they're trying to do uh, in network. I mean, it's it, you know, and a lot of legislation trying to get passed to help people, you know, on Capitol Hill, help people understand that this is not necessarily just a moral issue, but that this is is an epidemic of just huge. The, the consequences are just gigantic. They spoke also of uh, incarceration over treatment. You know, right. we spend so much in, in incarceration, we're going to punish them into recovery. Right. And and as we know, that doesn't work. No. So uh, they're really pushing for that. You know, less jails, more of getting people into recovery quicker. Cause well, and you, it costs less, too. It costs a lot Way less. less. I mean, I yeah. like I said, I'm unprepared. I didn't bring statistics. I heard some of that. But you can go online and read about that. Sure. Ah, good stuff. Stop right there. Oh, it's time for Bugsy Man's Weekly Wine. Ah, all right. M- moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, well, congratulations for going up there. And uh, we were in the middle of uh, hospital hospitalizing and uh, working with our dog, Anala, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But um, <clears throat> So my weekly wine this week uh, is two things. and uh, Shocker. The first one. I don't know what it is up with jails or recovery events when it comes to clothing, but they really need to get a clue. Listen, criminals don't just come skinny, okay? There are criminals <laughs> that are overweight. 
one jumpsuit doesn't do all. You try to put one of these jumpsuits on, and you're trying to zip up the front of it, and you can't get it past your gut. Where, where's and they're, this? they're where's forcing you to do that. Or you go to a recovery event, concert, and they don't have any 3X and 4X t-shirts. Are you what? What do you think? Just because a lot of people use meth, that they're all skinny? It's not. No, you need to have clothing for those of us who are plump. Uh, all right, I'm on the recovery end of it. But where'd you come up with the jail thing? Well, every man? time I went to jail, they tried to stick me in these jumpsuits that were just—they were. I couldn't get in them. You hadn't done enough meth. Oh, my gosh. Come on, people. If you're going to make us go to jail for being addicts, give us some clothes. My goodness. And if you're going to have a recovery event, and the church, too. When you have Christian concerts, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're skinny. I want a T-shirt that fits me. Okay, I'm going to tell this little short story here. I sell leather goods at, at craft shows, right? Right. And Raven I have a, wear. Raven yeah. wears, yeah. There's no plug there. But anyways, I always keep a big footlocker full of uh, bracelets, hand bracelets that I make out of old belts. I call recycle wares. Well, they fit most wrists. I have like three different sizes. Well, there was an, uh, an exceptionally large lady came by and said, <coughs> why don't you make them in large <coughs> wrists? And and we pacified her and said we'll keep that in mind. But my buddy, when when she left, he goes, yeah. "I should have just sold her a neck collar." Oh, yeah. One I make dog collars and things like that. Sure. And, and you could have just sold her one of them. I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, make different sizes for different people. Yeah, come on. I mean, really. Uh, so usually they'll have those, but they only have a couple. I say, like, well, we sold out. I said, look around. Look around you. There's a lot of fat. Come on. Get us the T-shirts, man. Gee, Willikers. Get us the jumpsuits and the T-shirts. My second one, and Denver, you'll like this, is motorcycles that weave in and out of traffic. I am really getting very sick and tired of not being able to open up my door in the middle of traffic. <laughs> Are you having that problem in Oregon? <clears throat> yes. Oh yeah, goodness. zipping in and out, I, and I just—I'm so tempted. I just want to open my door up, and go. Nope, not today. You know, I mean, come on. I—I—I I, I know you've got to be somewhere. You know, more important than any of the rest of us. But here's the thing that I heard. Now, I don't know if this is true. I heard that it was actually now legal for them to do that. Do you know anything about that? I don't think that's legal yet. Okay. Yeah. Are they I, trying I think... to make it legal? <laughs> I don't know why they would, but. Uh... No, I don't think that's legal do yet. you do that, Denver? Heck no. I'm trying to find every back road I can because I got you four-wheelers up on my tail end because you're late for church or wherever you're headed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I take the back roads, man. But I'm I'm sitting there in traffic and all of a sudden, zoom, zoom. I'm like, gee whiz. And they're not, they're not going slow. Now, on occasion, one will got to be putting along. That's the one you want to get with the car door. <laughs> This is the one where it is bad. <laughs> but, you know, have enough respect for yourself to be a little safer than that. My goodness. Somebody, somebody's going to – all it takes is one car that wants to kind of swerve over to, you know, to look to see what's ahead of them or whatever, and you're trying to weave in and out of traffic. You're done. These guys are going fast. Yeah, I didn't realize we had that problem here in Oregon. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how bad it is, but it's just irritating. <laughs> 
because it happened the other day, and I just got whining about it. Well, watch out, motorcycle riders. Money's on the road. That's right. I am. I am on the road. Um, okay, so uh, there you go. So we had the soundbite contest. We had uh, our weekly wine. And then I want to say a big thank you uh, to those who have already donated to our gun go our gun phone me <laughs> gun phone me our GoFundMe page that TJ Tony our co-host and uh, her her boyfriend James put together. Um, if you go to take12radio.com, smack dab in the middle of the page it says help save my Nala, and you click on a picture of Nala as a banner. You click on there, it'll take you to the GoFundMe page, and you can donate. Um, this has cost. A couple thousand bucks, and uh, we're not done yet paying for it. She's part of the studio, folks. She is part of the studio. Yeah. And, and uh, we just, uh, for those of you who know, um, nobody gets a paycheck here, and so we, we're doing this whole radio gig because we love to do it. But um, when our puppy got sick, she has uh, uh, severe um, pancreatitis. It caused her gallbladder to swell up like crazy. Her liver is huge, and she <clears throat> is she's mending. She is home now. She was in the mm. hospital at Oregon she looks, State she University looks today. She's very jaundice. She's eating a little bit, so that's good. She continues to drink water, so that's good. Um, but her medications and things like that are are costing a fortune, small fortune, and. What what people don't seem to, to understand, and I've been there. I, I've done this myself, or not done this, I should say. A dollar helps. Amen. People think, well, if I can't give 20 bucks, I mean, what good is it? I, let me tell you something. If every person that clicked the like button on that GoFundMe page would actually give a buck instead of just click like, We'd have this paid for. People across the country, they're trying to raise money for, for, for causes and so forth. would have it paid for if you did 50 cents. Uh, seriously. It adds up. So don't think it doesn't count. It really, really does. And for those of you who um, aren't able to, we totally get that. Your prayers, we covet your prayers. So many people have been praying for Nala. I have. I lost count. My fingers were getting sore typing thank you things online to all the people who have been praying and those prayers uh, are very very powerful and god has heard them and Nala's back home with us um what, what do you call that uh when when they're recuperating she is um, convalescing 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 <laughs> yes um, so go to take12radio.com please click on the uh the banner in the middle of the page uh there to, to help uh Take care on all. We really, really appreciate it very, very much. Yes, indeedy. All right. Um, we'll be back with the topic. Topic is step two. <clears throat> Am I losing my voice? Is my uh, voice going away? Maybe it had something to do with the moon pie. The moon pie, I think, took my voice. <clears throat> I think I am trying battling a little bit of a cold. All right. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step two. When we come back, don't go away. Hey, check this out. Okie dokie. Some festivals are really great. Yeah. Some are excellent. Yeah. Some are big. Yeah. But this one is huge. <laughs> it's the 6th Annual Hope Fest. Saturday, October 14th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And completely taking over the beautiful Prescott Courthouse Plaza 
in Prescott, Arizona. Oh, I but love wait, Arizona. this isn't just any old event. No. This is a community service extravaganza. Well, heck yeah. Featuring the Hope Serves Community Resource Fair. Everybody loves a fair. Live music, local and national recording artists, phenomenal guest speakers, free family fun zone, food, vendors, and so much more. That's the 6th Annual Hope Fest, Saturday, October 14th, in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit HopeFestAZ.com and celebrate, celebrate your recovery. You betcha. Hi, this is Amanda Broadway, and in Florida, we listen to Take12Radio.com. Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is that? Uh, Johnny Be Good. Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry. you play that uh, there, Marv? Can you I it? can play that. Can you? Yeah. I can play that song in one note. And you got a gig coming up, what, next week? Uh, this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday. Okay, where are you going to be this Saturday? Uh, be up in Sweet Home at the Sunshine Industries uh Pavilion building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's another uh, cowboy poetry and music Ooh, sort of thing. Another, is it open to the public? Uh, oh, yeah. Is what, it? What okay. Time, so what time is that? Uh, 6.30. 6.30. 6.30 at what night? Saturday. Saturday. I know right where that's at. Really? Not by the fairgrounds there. Or uh, rodeo. Mm. Unless they moved it. I, you know, I can't remember the name of that street, but it's right across from that big hardware store. Right, going out towards Foster. The Ace Hardware. Yeah, Foray's yes. or. Oh, now Ace. you know that used to be out by the rodeo fairground, so I guess they have moved it. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's out there. Interesting. All right, what's this? What is this? What is this? What's this? There it is. You want to play trivia? Trivia. Okay. Trivia. 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 Recovery Magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Yes. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now take it away, the Monkey Man. Um, dun, Where, where's dun. Tony when you need her? I know. Where is Tony when you need her? <laughs> I'm just thinking Tony. We need that laugh. Yeah. We need that Denver energy. Denver and I were trying to figure out how to do that, but we're, I don't think we can pull uh, it off. Uh, we're, we're sitting here staring at each other going, I'll try something's missing. All right, I'll try to do a Tony laugh. <laughs> all right, you try to do one, Marv. Oh, no. Oh, come on, Denver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, Denver. You're I got my own. I can't even begin to get there. Sorry. <laughs> Tony, we miss you. Tony, eat more carbs. All right. Uh, book trivia again. We'll be doing baby trivia as we're doing these these steps. Uh, in the chapter, how it works, it states that people try to live by self propulsion. What people is this referring to? These are your choices: A, the alcoholic; B, most people; or C, people that live south of the equator. <laughs> <laughs> most people try to live by self propulsion. Proportion. Are we propulsion? We're talking about the alcoholic. Most people are people who live south of the equator. Denver, what do you think? Oh, I'm going with the alcoholic on this. The one. alcoholic? All right, what do you yeah. think there? Yeah, really? 
Oh, no, no. Wrong. <laughs> yep, it's most people oh. try to live by self-propulsion. Oh, we should have known that. Yes. Yeah, Motorcycle riders and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, here's your second one. Uh, again, in this chapter, we find that each person is likened unto something that wants to run the whole show of life. We are like what? A, directors, B, actors, or C, screenwriters, Marv? Directors. I remember hearing directors, too, somewhere. Do you really? You are kidding me. (laughs) I think... We are like actors. Actors. Hmm. Not doing too well. Not too well at all. All right, here's your last one. You can redeem yourselves here. Are you ready? (laughs) Uh, number three, part of investigating step two requires that we realize that there are, there often seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of self without the aid of what? Here are your choices. The 12 steps, a spiritual path, or God? Oh, this is a trick question. I, I think they've all been trick yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with God, but a spiritual okay. path is huge. Okay, Marv? Uh, I'm going to try the spiritual path. Yeah. Now, Marv, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Denver is three, correct. Three for three. <laughs> wow. Yes, it uh, seems, uh, often seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. And it's referring to God. Yes, there you go. Wow. So that, that disqualifies, me, disqualifies me for the rest of the show. <laughs> This yeah, show. Well, no, yeah. it yeah. means when you go. It means when you go to your next AA meeting, you got to go sit in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what that means. Sit there. right up front. <laughs> All right, that takes care of Take Twelve Trivia, Big Book Trivia this week. <clears throat> ta-da, ta-da, everybody sing. Da-da, 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 da-da. No. Uh. All right. Uh, step two revealed. Step two revealed. Step two says came to believe that a power greater than ourselves, could restore us to sanity. doesn't say to sobriety. says to sanity. So we, we talked about last week, we're strangely insane. We've lost our minds. And it's not due to chemtrails. It's due to being selfish and self-centered and all that kind of stuff, and we're just strangely insane. So I always found it interesting that it said it. Uh, we came to believe. Came to believe. It didn't say, we now believe. Right? And, and Marv, you, you talk about this a lot, that this is a process. Yes, it is. So going from step one to step two can be quite the leap. Okay, we've admitted complete defeat. We've admitted we're powerless. We've admitted our lives are unmanageable. Now what do we do? And, and step two would suggest that we came to believe. Now let me let me make something very clear here. This is not a program of suggestions. People mm-hmm. will say that, but that's not what it is. It is a suggested program. Now, here's the difference. A book of suggestions would mean that every single one has is its individual suggestion, and you can pick or choose because it's only a suggestion. No, this is a suggested program as a whole. So you take the program as, as its entirety is how it's suggested. Or, as in the original manuscript says... Put it back on the shelf. You can put it back on the <laughs> shelf or throw it out. 
Um, so, but here we are, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, which suggests that at one time we may have had right thinking if we're being restored to it. Now, a lot of people say, well, I've been, I've been crazy ever since I was born. Why? Well, that's cute and everything. <laughs> um, and some people may have been. I'm not sure. <laughs> Thank you for uh, saying that. <laughs> but we came to believe. So did you just, boom, automatically believe just because you realized you were in trouble, Marv? No, I didn't. It took a, a series of, uh, you know, hi, hindsight's twenty twenty, And that, a lot of times... Uh, for me, that when you look back, that's when you see where God's working in your life. It's not uh, obviously when you're right in the middle of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I look back and I see, uh, which we don't have time to go into here, but uh, all kinds of doors that opened up, people that came into my life. Um, one guy said to me one time, really made me mad. I mean, I was upset. You were hot, huh? <laughs> yeah, he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, if you just believed in Jesus Christ, this all this stuff would be different for you, be better. Mm -hmm. And I got so mad at that guy, I wanted to punch him out right there on the spot. And uh, But just instances. And God designs them for us because we're so individually uh, different. Right. He designs these instances and moments for us specifically. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's a process. It's, do you, do you think if he had said if he had said to you if you would just believe in this rock over here all would be well that that would have made you angry too? Probably not. So why do you think that think the person of Jesus was was combative for you? Was it something that you had experienced uh, earlier in your life, or? Um, no, I I don't really know, except for maybe one thing that 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 was a truth that I refused. Oh, and that and was had had yeah. refused for quite a while uh, to uh, pay attention to. Oh, uh, okay. So here we go again. Here's this guy in your face saying, "Well, if you just do this." Yeah. Yeah. Did it seem like too easy of an answer? No, I just got mad. You just got Mom, mad. I really got mad at the guy. Yeah. And uh, another thing, though, but what he said uh, for months haunted me. It was right there. Really? I could hear him Yeah. saying those words to me over and over. And so it was implanted. Wow. And, uh, and I packed that around for quite a while until I met uh, a very good friend who helped me see... Why? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a process. There was a piece going on yeah. of of the process in that. So what about you, Denver? I mean, did you always believe that there was something else going on in the universe other than you, or did you come to believe that in your recovery? How that kind of worked for you? Jeez. <clears throat> I would say that I've always believed there's something. Yeah. What it was. I chased different avenues and not with a lot of vigor. You right. Know? I mean, I, I would dabble this and dabble that. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't give it much 
I didn't give it... I gave it thought. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here, but... I didn't give it wholeheartedly to the idea that there was going to be... Uh, it wasn't a rock or anything else when I right. got to be sober. It was going to be a higher power when I came to believe it was going to be Christ. You know? Yeah. It finally boiled down to that. And it, and it boiled down rather quickly. Like I said, I've believed in a lot of different things and dabbled with them, which caused me some heartache down the line, too. Sure. You know, you open doors and things don't work out. I, uh, none of the avenues that I had tried before when I actually realized I was... Uh, suffering from alcoholism, none of those avenues to help me stay sober w- was working. Yeah. You know, I'd try it this way, that way, my way, every which way, but then uh, it boils down to there is one higher power for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. for everybody, but it's yeah, it's for me. So in, uh, in the ABCs, we're referring to those, we've heard them last week, A was... Um, prior to that, it said our description of the alcoholic, which is in the doctor's opinion and in more about alcoholism, which I failed to mention last week, um, more about alcoholism talks about that. So it's important. See, it's important to read those chapters before you start reading these other ones. If you're sitting down with a sponsor or whatever, because it's referring to those things in the beginning. So when you're doing Going through, for those of you who haven't done this yet, when you're going through the big book and you're using it as a textbook of directions, start in the beginning. Start with the forwards and do the whole thing. For time's sake, we don't have time to be doing that. Uh, We're focusing on the steps themselves, but it's important to do that. So it says our description of the alcoholic, which you find in the previous chapters, the chapter to the agnostic, which, by the way, um, is... It's got to be my favorite book in, in the whole book. And our personal adventures, those are the stories in the back. Before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could I manage our own lives. And B, which we're talking about today, that was step one. B is step two, that probably not no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Um, it's interesting because what, what goes on in the book and then C, it says that God couldn't would if he were sought. And it says being convinced... Is the next sentence. Being convinced of what? Of what we just said. So you have to be convinced of that. So there's no sense in going any further if you're not convinced. Doesn't mean you have to understand it perfectly. Doesn't mean that that you get it, you know, right. clearly. It means you can you're convinced that you're in deep weeds. You're convinced, number two, and we're talking about number two this week, that um probably, and that's very palatable. Probably no human power can relieve you of this. And you're convinced of that. Um, Here it says we were at step three. It's interesting because then it continues to go on and talk about step two. And then it brings us back to step three later in this chapter, which we'll talk about next week. Um, But it says uh, the first requirement, and we said this last week, is that we we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, 
If only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's been years since I read out of that book, and I still remember reading that part right there. That's why I thought we were directors. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. We're actors, but we directing. think we're the director. Yeah, we're directing. The problem is all the other actors think they're directors. And then we're in collision with each other. What happens when you get a bunch of chiefs trying to run something? You, you got war. <laughs> you got bad stew. So <clears throat> yesterday, yesterday was <clears throat> I turned 62. And my wife, months ago, I don't know, something like four or five months ago, has saved up enough money <clears throat> to reserve what's called an escape room. Now, an escape room is a room that usually has three or four rooms within a room. And there's clues. You go in, it's dark, there's eerie music. This one happened to be <laughs> in the theme of Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> And um, you didn't have to know about Edgar Allan Poe. It was just in that theme. And so there's clues. And it's very dark and eerie. And, and so Colin, my youngest son, um, who is, he's the guy that's in control, right? He's definitely the one that's trying to arrange all the players. Cameron, who is Larry the Cable Guy, right? <laughs> and me, the 60-year-old bald, overweight <laughs> dude. You know, they can't stand for very long. And we're in this room. We're locked in there. And we are we don't even know what clue we're looking for first. And everything has locks on it. And all the clues help you open up the locks. So it was vitally important that we worked as a team. Because you only have one hour to get out of this room. And in this particular one, things would open up into other rooms. Bookshelves would creek open and another room would appear where's this at oh it's in salem it's called exodus escape rooms wow yeah it, it is amazing and so we were in there but what i noticed right away is as long as we worked together right we would find the clue the next clues and one of the best ones was this piano that had several keys that didn't play and Colin, who's a music guy, he's like, I got this, right? And he sits down at the piano, <laughs> and then he realizes some of the keys don't play, and he's like, what? And so we, we found a clue that was in a letter that talked about this woman who she, she was always looking for the right romantic song, and she realized that it was in the silence that she found solace. And so it was like, wait a minute, some of these keys don't work. What are these keys? So he starts to play them in order. Nothing happens. Then he said, ah, he played them as a chord all at one time together. And as he did that, a key dropped on the floor from underneath the piano. Who would have thought that? And that opened up the lock. So... The whole idea was he took <coughs> each of those notes and he put them together. They worked together and there was the solution. And so our recovery is kind of like that. You know, you know, when we work as a team in our meetings, in our churches, in our support settings, you know, we get a whole lot more done. Yeah. 
And when we realize that we need this power greater than ourselves to give us these clues, to, to give us, to point us in the right direction, we do a lot better. But man, is it hard to get to the place to trust in a power greater than yourself, you know? Um, so anyway, so I said all that to just basically say it, it, there's chaos going on when we're all thinking that we're the chiefs. Marv, comments? Nope. All righty. Not right at this moment. <laughs> That's a um, great story, though. Uh, it's awesome. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may be sometimes quite uh, virtuous. Or he may be a nice guy. He's using that as a manipulation tactic. Um, he may even be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think that life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself even more. He becomes, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him, admitting he may be somewhat at fault. Somewhat at fault. I may be somewhat at fault. He is sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? I mean, it, it's amazing. We, we're constantly going back to self here. Yes. Um, skipping ahead a little bit, it says, selfishness and self-centeredness, that, we think, is the root of our troubles. And here's that word we talked about last week, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is the extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. <laughs> Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. Now here's the solution. And this is what step two is talking about. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. So, we're back to, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves because we're so selfish. So we need a power that is outside of ourselves, that's greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. And we need to be convinced of that. So what are some of the difficulties, Marv, that you ran into in actually conceding to that? Well, I think you just read it. Self-will kept coming up. Right. And uh, by the way, it still does. Still does. <laughs> Me too. After <laughs> Me too. all these years. Me too. Yeah. You know, the, the, the problem is uh, between my ears a lot of times. And uh, one thing I want to say is, um, you know, so much of that book um, kind of allures to the fact that this is a one-time deal. You know, you do this, and then this is going to happen. And, and then you're and, done. Yeah. Yeah. And Poof. Boy, that's so far from the truth. Isn't it? Um, that's for sure. And e even uh, uh, my walk with Christ, uh, especially in the last uh, three or four years, uh, Man, it's been rocky. Yeah. And um, 
the things that I once had faith in um, have disappeared. And I cannot, but, uh, no matter what, I cannot seem to bring that back. Um, and and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, I can't seem to, to get back what I thought I had. And more recently it's occurred to me, well, the reason that is is because it's got to be different than mm-hmm. what it was. Wow. And... Um, and I don't know what that looks like. That's so. really interesting. There, there's a, a book out there that I read years ago called Will the Real Phony Please Stand Up? And the only thing I remember about that entire book <clears throat> is that it said in one of the chapters, when you catch the ball outside of the end zone, you get the game the way it is, not the way it was. You can never have it back the way it was. Right. You can, however, get it back better but you'll never get it back exactly. Yeah. I thought, oh my God. And that was like a sock in the stomach. Because there were things that I romanticized about my past that I really missed. And I wanted back. I couldn't get it. Well, you know, um, I've been around this thing quite a while. And uh, for a lot of years, uh, things were really good. Yeah. I mean, there was some bumps, you know, cancer and and uh, s- some uh, uh, relationship problems and mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. But I mean, all in all, as I have looked back on it uh, for twenty eight years or so, um, things were really good, and and I believed I was. Um, doing the things that I was supposed to do. Uh, according to what my higher power wanted, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and and so now this other thing happened a while back, and and I'm completely, absolutely dismayed. I can't believe it. What in the world is going on? All of that stuff, everything's gone. I have no home. I have no wife. Um, uh, any motivation, drive, passion that I had is completely gone. Right. <clears throat> and, and I completely, absolutely feel insane, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so now I'm coming out of it. You know, I've been feeling a lot better and stuff. But um, I, I, I just, what did I do mm. to cause this to happen? Right, you know? right. Right. Well, I don't know that I did anything. Sure. Really. Um, But still, I'm really having problems getting back to that place where I can get up in the morning, okay, Christ has got this day, everything going to go the way he wants it to, and I'm going to be fine, he's going to take care of me, he cares. Uh, I haven't got back to that yet. Well, and I think I think this speaks to what you said when you first started sharing about this. At this point, was that this isn't <clears throat> this isn't something that you do step one through twelve and poof, everything magically goes away and everything your life's manageable again and you're restored to sanity and you just go along your way. You know, like mm-hmm. like if you have an operation on a broken foot and then it gets mended and zippity doo dah, you're back playing soccer again. It isn't like that. 
um, in the chapter of the Keys of the Kingdom, it speaks to that. It says, AA is not a plan for recovery that can be finished and done with. It is a way of life. And the challenge continuing in its principles is great enough to keep any being striving for as long as he lives. <laughs> um, we do not, cannot outgrow this plan. As arrested alcoholics, we must have a program for living that allows for limitless expansion. Because life happens and continues to throw us curveballs. Right, Denver? Yes. So what are some of the obstacles that you faced in coming to believe that you weren't God? Brick walls, obviously. Brick walls? (laughs) (laughs) Kept running into them, did you? You said Marv said he, he, he... keeps looking for getting back to where he was. I haven't ever got there. I'm relatively new to sobriety. I don't know how many years you said you had, but I'm new to the the sobriety thing. So you're over two years, right? I'm two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, that's new. I mean, it's not new like what it has been in my life, but uh, I, I fortunately am blessed to be around some people with some time, you know. And uh, they came to believe... Uh, from where I sit is I come to believe that there is a higher power a lot of it because I watch old timers Mm. in this program they they came to believe and it's working for them you know when I see somebody's got time I go how did you get there and I I don't necessarily ask them that question but I just kind of watch and listen that's my big key in this growth is shut up and listen. And uh, it all revolves around a higher power for them. Why wouldn't it for me? So Sure. What would make you so unique that yeah, that would yeah. for you? Right? I, I've got to give up this uh, perception that I might uh, be able to do this on my own because I've tried and tried and tried. As everyone that suffers from this has tried, tried, and tried. And... Uh, You've got to surrender this to something bigger than yourself. So you are coming to believe that there is a power that's going to do this because I see it happening in others. Yeah. I see it. That helps me. So in step two, step one kind of boils down to two also. When it comes to next week, I mean, this is the how and why of it. First, we had to stop playing God. And then step two, next we decided that here, after in the drama of life, God was going to be our director. Now, it doesn't say at this point, we haven't necessarily turned our will and our life over to him yet. We haven't relinquished that yet. But we're making a decision that he's going to have to direct this thing, whatever I conceive him to be at this time, at this moment in time. And that may be different for a lot of people. It is, right? Now, Alcoholics Anonymous? It's going to be different for a lot of people. And my conception of God today as a Christian is not the same as it was 20 years ago as a Christian. You right. said turn it it's, over to the will and direction, and that's exactly what it is. You give a little chunk, and then you're willing to take some direction yeah. from this higher power. You know, it's not, like you said, it's not, boom, it's done, over, I've finished my 12 steps, here I am, complete. This is an everyday thing, and it's going to be, what you say for the remainder of time here? Yeah, I sure. Mean, it's just going to go on. 
So that's been a process for me is watching my relationship with God change and evolve and, you know, I think about some of the things I thought God was all about, you know, when I first did give my life to him versus now. And I think, I can't believe I even thought like that, you know, and he's corrected me most of the time gently, a few times, <laughs> a little kick in the butt, you know, kind of thing. Here's something that's kind of, I always love this, this is kind of fun. fun. It says, um, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. Now, try this and see what happens in your home group. Hi, my name's Dave, and I'm an agent of God. I will tell you, they'll, they'll either start cracking up, or, they'll, or you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, the literature does say that. Um, the problem is we we want to go, I'm an agent of God, like I'm this, you know, this mighty thing. It's really a very humbling position. You know, we're, we're, he is the principal, we are his agents. Um, and, and then it goes, he is the father, we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone to the new and triumphant arch which uh, through which we pass to freedom. And, and, and so I'm thinking this is a process of passing to freedom. And to maintain that, <clears throat> I've got to accept the fact that I've got to allow God to work on me until the day I pass. And it is a huge huge process um we're not at step three yet we're going to be talking about that next week now next week um cody our friend cody d <coughs> is going to be in the studio and this is a young man who really thought he was all that and he is learning <laughs> he is learning more and more that uh yeah he is the child and god's his dad and so we're going to be talking about step three, turning our will and our life over to the care of dad. <laughs> um, Is he aware uh, of the topic week. yet? Uh, yes, I've, I've let him know. I've okay. let him know. He Good. goes, oh, out of my comfort zone. I said, oh, you'll do fine. <laughs> you'll, do, you, you'll do fine. <laughs> Give him a moon fine, let him roll. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to I want to go back to this idea of being convinced, and we're going to close out with, with our closing song. It's so vitally important. If you're working with somebody that you're convinced that they're convinced. It's so vitally important that if you're new to this thing that you become convinced. Convinced of what? Convinced that you're a mess. Convinced that it's not working. Convinced that you're powerless. Convinced that your life's become unmanageable. Convinced that there is a God and you're not it. That's basically one and two. There has to become a truth. A truth to it. Right. That's real. Yeah. It's it's not uh, it's not me. It's a truth that I'm not in charge. Yeah, surprise, surprise, right? That we're not in charge. Gosh, it's so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so it going back to the escape room. My wife was cracking up. She goes, "Oh my gosh, you get three control freaks in a room together. What's this going to be like?" And again, it was amazing because we all thought it kind of crossed our mind or crossed both my son's mind because i didn't i was a surprise i didn't know we were doing this that this is going to be interesting you get 
you know, three guys together who all want to be in charge. And the lady told us before we went into this room, you have to work as a team. And I felt the lump in my throat grow. (laughs) (laughs) Where where was Marcia during this? Uh, She was with Amber, Cameron's, Cameron's wife. And oh, she, she didn't watch closed circuit TV or something. No. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> but we all we all agreed, and ladies, please don't take offense. We all agreed that adding three women to the room would have been a mistake because they'd been screaming. Because when the music would get eerie, they'd go, ah! they'd start freaking out, and then we'd start freaking out. And ladies, yeah. that's Monty's take on it. That's just my take. <clears throat> yeah, that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Tony. Yeah. So congratulations to Todd H. Uh, for winning the soundbite contest. Oh, I think it's time for the soundbite clue. Don't yeah, you? I could use one because I don't I don't recognize that song. Do you, Mark? No. Here's the no, soundbite clue. DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner. That's the soundbite clue. So you have to add the soundbite clue and the name of the TV show to win a copy of the DVD 34 one-hour workshops walking through the big book. Send your guests to take12radio at comcast.net along with your address, and we'll announce the winner next week. Mwah. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, our closing song is uh, Amanda Broadway, and it is entitled I Surrender. see through the muddy waters in me I can't catch the thoughts between the lines nothing seems right to define these feelings in me all like broken glass I'm treading on another night from dust to dawn then another morning comes and nothing nothing changes yeah I know Time takes time, so I accept that just for today I am broken and I'm afraid Afraid of surrender What a mess I've made I've trampled love and run away I've hid from insecurities Still I can't find relief of this Indigestion with the clog in my emotions I lay down on my pillow And the tears fall Cause nothing, nothing changes Yeah, I know time takes time So I accept that just for today I am broken and I'm afraid Afraid of surrender
Take my feet, the only place I need to live. I learn to love and to forgive in the meantime. And I find peace in the hope that you believe in me, that you see something that I don't. Yeah, yeah, something. Something's changing. Yeah, I. I surrender. No, I don't have to fight anymore. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I surrender, surrender. I give it all up to you. No more this pretending. Amanda Broadway, I surrender. Hey, listen, for all of you who have donated financially so far to the GoFundMe uh, page for our dog, Nala, thank you, thank you, thank you. There is no way that we could be able to save her life without your help. And uh, there's no words to adequately express how grateful we are. So thank you so much. And for those of you who have been praying and, and continue to pray every day for Nala, um, I, I got to tell you, it, it's overwhelming, the outpouring of love that we've received. Thank you so much, everyone. Hey, listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, Christy the Studio Cat, and Nala the beautiful and wonderful studio dog. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat. She's super kitty. Meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. Meow. <laughs> <laughs>